0: Hey, faithful listener. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Hey guys, welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. My name is Jen. I am the host here And today we are going to be discussing Joshua chapter 14. And this is such a cool chapter of the Bible. This is talking about Caleb. I don't know if you guys remember Caleb, but he's a really cool guy. Like, that's just the best way I can put it. He's a cool guy. And so we're going to talk about him today. Now grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning and also your Bible. I'm actually going to be reading out of the NIV version, which is something I... Almost never do, but I just love the way the NIV words this chapter, so that's why I'm going to be reading out of it. So, all right, let's go ahead and read Joshua 14, all 15 verses together. Now, these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their inheritances were assigned by lot to nine and a half tribes as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted the two and a half tribes their inheritance east of the Jordan, but had not granted the Levites an inheritance among the rest, for Joseph's descendants had become two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. The Levites received no share of the land, but only towns to live in with pasture lands for their flocks and herds. So the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and that their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord, helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb the son of Jephunneh and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Please excuse the uh, low hum you probably hear in the background. That is actually my generator running right now. It is currently going off. So sorry about that if you hear that. But anyway, Joshua 14, the first five verses talk about the allotment of land. And we talked about the two and a half tribes that received their allotment of land beyond the Jordan River. So on the other side of the Jordan River, not technically in the promised land, two and a half tribes. So the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh was very happy to receive their land on the other side of the Jordan River. So we talked about all that and the different areas of land that those two and a half tribes received. But now the other nine and a half tribes were going to receive land on the other side of the Jordan River, which was technically in the promised land. And it actually says that their inheritances were assigned by lot. So this means that... uh, how the land was broken up was basically by casting lots. In other words, it was by random choice. And that is how the tribes would receive their inheritance. Now, of course, depending on the size of the tribe, smaller tribes would get a smaller amount of land, but how each portion of land was like uh, given out, it was by casting lots through like random choice just as the Lord had commanded through Moses, is what it says. So it mentions here the two and a half tribes that received their land on the other side of the Jordan River. We discussed all that on Monday. And then it mentions once again how the Levites did not receive an inheritance of land. But instead, the Levites received towns to live in with pasture lands for their flocks and herds. Just because the Levites didn't get you know, a specific amount of land like the other tribes did, they were still allowed to own things. They were still allowed to have things. they were allowed to have their homes and their houses and own animals if they wanted to and own pasture lands. But that was different than receiving an inheritance of lands like the other tribes did. So that's what it says here. So the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And then now it goes into the allotment for Caleb, and I just love Caleb. Like I think he's such a, a aspiring person in Scripture. Oh my my generator just turned off. Good. <laughs> well, have silence again. But anyway, um, it says that Caleb approaches Joshua, and he says to Joshua, "You know what the Lord said to Moses about you and me." So he's referring to what happened 45 years prior to this when Joshua and Caleb and the other spies went out into the promised land initially to go spy it out, and then they came back with their reports. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men that came back with positive reports saying, We can absolutely do this, we can absolutely take these. Anakim, we can take these giants that live in the promised land. But the other spies were terrified of the giants and the Anakim. And so they made the people's hearts melt with fear. And so that was the point in time where the Israelites started wandering around the wilderness because they were not able to enter the promised land because they disobeyed God. And not only did they disobey God, they were actually ready to stone Moses and Aaron and I would guess also Caleb and Joshua, because they were giving a different report. They're saying, no, we can absolutely do this. They were telling the truth and the people didn't want to hear the truth. And so they're like, no, we're going to stone you guys. We don't want to hear this. We want to die in the wilderness. We would rather do that than go die at the hands of these terrible Anakin. And so God is like, OK, you get your wish. You're going to die in the wilderness. And so that's how the Israelites start wandering around the wilderness. So Caleb reminds Joshua of this entire story. He says, I brought back a report according to my convictions in verse seven. And he says, but my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me. The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So Caleb reminds Joshua of this. He says, look, Moses promised me that the land that I walked on when I went out to spy the promised land would be mine. And so Caleb says, I'm asking you now that you grant me that land. And not only was Caleb going to be granted this land, here's what he says, He says, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for another 45 years since that time. And he's like, here I am today. I'm 85 years old and I'm ready for battle, is what Caleb says. He's like, I'm as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. And he's like, and I'm full of vigor, is what it says. I am vigorous to go out to battle. And so he says, give me the hill country that I'm entitled to, and I will literally single handedly. (laughs) make the Anakites that live there flee, is what he says. He says, with the Lord helping me, I'm going to drive them out. So I want to ask you a question. How many 85-year-old men or women do you know that are literally full of that much vigor? You probably know almost none, I would guess. This is how unique Caleb was. He trusted in God so much. He believed so much in God's promise that God would, in fact, give him part of the promised land that he was able to maintain this health and vigor at 85 years old. Similarly, actually, to how Moses was 120 years old and was still just as strong at 120 as he was when he first started leading the Israelites away from Egypt. You know Moses was a very strong dude it actually says that he didn't at all lose like any muscle (laughs) he didn't lose like any vigor i guess and uh, he was still just as strong which is really cool so it's just i I just love this i love that caleb had so much trust in god and that's really what it boils down to so i want to mention one thing that really stuck out to me something that caleb said in verse 8 i followed the lord my god wholeheartedly here's why that is so special he uses the word my i followed the lord my god wholeheartedly this is very different than what you see in scripture a lot you'll notice that when other people refer to god they often say your god you know like for example if the israelites were like talking to moses They'd come up to Moses and be like, hey, ask your God if, you know, we can do this or this or this. They never referred to God as their own personal God. And yet Caleb did. And I think that's what made Caleb so set apart, so different from the other Israelites. He had a personal relationship with God to the point where he called God the Lord my God. God. And that's what we're supposed to do. And people back in these days just didn't get that. They didn't understand this personal relationship that they could have with God. And that's why God did very personal laws in the Old Testament. For example, the the peace, um, I almost call it the peace treaty, not the peace treaty, the peace offerings that the people would bring was supposed to be like them having fellowship directly with God was kind of part of it. So they'd bring their peace offerings and part of it would go back to them and then they would eat uh, eat the rest of the peace offering. And it was almost as if they were having a meal with God, like God was sharing with them. It was supposed to be personal. And there's also a prayer, I remember being mentioned, where the person was supposed to pray to their God, Yahweh. And yet the people at this time period just didn't do that. They didn't get it. But Caleb understood it. Caleb got it. Caleb figured out that he was supposed to have a personal relationship with God. And so he calls God, his God, the Lord, my God. I followed him wholeheartedly. And so he reminds Joshua of this. And he says, because of that, I am, in fact, entitled to this land. So as Christ followers, when we have a personal relationship with God and we choose to have that personal relationship, we are, in fact, entitled to certain things. Now, we aren't entitled necessarily to land (laughs) as Caleb was, but we're entitled to the fruits of the spirit. We're entitled to Jesus, when we make that personal commitment to be a Christ follower, when we make that personal commitment to make Yahweh our God, Jesus comes along with that and we we can call him our high priest. We can call him our, our big brother is what it says in scripture. He's our big brother. And so we're entitled to this relationship and just as Caleb was entitled to that land, He received that land. He reminded Joshua of this promise that God had made to him through Moses. And he asks for that promise to be kept to him. We actually mentioned promises on Monday. That was a big theme of of what we talked about. And one thing I, I said to you guys was, how often do you remember God's promises to you and ask God to keep those promises to you? How often do you do that. Caleb was bold enough to do that, to remind Joshua of this promise God made to him so that Joshua could fulfill it and that God, in fact, would allow Caleb to have that land. And here's what Caleb says. With the Lord helping me, in verse 12, I will drive them out, just as he said. At 85 years old, Caleb had enough trust in God, enough faith in God to know that even though he was very old by today's standards and by standards back in these days also, he had enough faith to know and understand that he could absolutely take that piece of land for himself. He could go out and wage that war with these uh, Anakites and win with God's help. I just aspire to have that amount of faith. Like this faith is on a different level, in my opinion, (laughs) than some of the other uh, people in scripture. That's why I like Caleb so much. He's just such a cool guy, a cool and faithful guy. And so Joshua says that he blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. And so Hebron has belonged to Caleb ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel wholeheartedly. So that's the other part of it. It's not enough to just say, oh, God is my God. We need to follow him wholeheartedly. We need to understand that personal relationship and believe that God is our God, our personal God. But we also need to follow him wholeheartedly the same way that Caleb did. And I mean, look what happens to Caleb when he does this. He is 85 years old and full of life and full of purpose and excited to battle (laughs) excited to be a warrior excited to go out and fight this battle which wouldn't necessarily be an easy battle to fight but caleb knew that it was worth it to do it and he was clearly very successful because what does it say here hebron has belonged to caleb ever since because he followed the lord and it says that uh Hebron was named Kiriath Arba after this guy named Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. And so, <laughs> and so Caleb clearly defeated this, at 85 years old, clearly defeated this Arba character and ended up renaming it Hebron. And so it says the land had rest from war. And actually, let me look up what the name Hebron means real quick. Okay, I'm a little bit shocked by what the, the name means. Hebron means to join or team up with. There you go. I mean, how cool is that? Caleb named this city Hebron because he joined with God. He like teamed up with God. But with the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. That is so cool. <laughs> I just love everything about this. He renames it Hebron. At least I think Caleb renamed it Hebron, which means teaming up with. And so, yeah, he teamed up with God. So that's a great way to think about how you and I should live our lives. We need to team up with God. Because when God is on our side, literally nothing can stand against us. Not old age, not sickness, not evil people nothing literally can stand in our way. So that's a good way to to, uh, look at it. We're supposed to make God our personal God. We're supposed to follow him wholeheartedly and we're supposed to team up with God. And when we do those things, literally nothing, nothing can stand in our way. All right, guys, well, if you haven't checked out Seven Weeks Coffee yet, please go over and do that because Seven Weeks Coffee is a pro-life coffee organization where they donate 10% of all of their income to pregnancy centers around the US. And when you order using my link in the description, 10% also goes to P40 Ministries. So if you're looking for some awesome, really delicious whole bean coffee, check out 7 Weeks Coffee linked in the description. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all on tomorrow, (laughs) on tomorrow, where we're going to be talking about Jesus's resurrection. Alrighty, faithful listeners, happy listening and God bless.